0: Welcome to Generally Specific, the show talking to inspiring people about the things that inspire them. I'm here alongside my co-host, Andre Dowdy. Andre, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Cool. So our next guest is a visual wizard.
1: An educator, filmmaker, and photographer, Christopher Davis' love for his hometown of Newark, New Jersey has propelled this creative to craft compelling and profound images of everyday citizens, and he joins us in the Wave Cave Studio. Chris, what's good? What's going on, guys? That's a fire
2: intro, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Hey,
1: man you, <laughs> you you have the fire. We're just keeping up with you. Thanks, man. Like I said, it's, it's great to be here. This awesome space. Like, yeah, yeah. Shout super out to. And
2: like I said, it's 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 very chill. I get a very you know chill vibe in here. So it's yeah, cool. yeah, it's not, yeah.
0: Not overwhelming at all. It's just comfortable. Yeah, we wanted to. we we lucked out with this space because it's just we're able to just kind of sit around and hang out as if we weren't talking into microphones. Right. <laughs> so it's got that little laid back kind of feel about it. That's always the, uh, that's always the intimidating part. Once you put microphones in people's faces, they're like, Oh, uh. <laughs> And also just a very 2020 yeah, thing to be like, Hey, let's have this conversation. but We're also going to record it. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh,
1: Cosme and I had the opportunity to see you show your work and, um, speak at a photo cafe in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. photo cafe hosted by the Seeing Collective. Seeing that Collective. Yes, thank yeah. you. And um, one of the things after you had shown your work that I, that I had asked you, I think, during the discussion, um, it's a simple one, but one that I always kinda wanna jump back to. Mm-hmm. Um, why shoot black and white?
2: Yeah, man. Like- it's just something about black and white that, you know, it's it's you know very compelling and you know it draws your eye to, you know, what the photographer's trying to, you know, put out there to you. Um, you know, with color, I mean, we see in color every day and you know it's it's you know, certain colors, you know, bring our eyes to certain, you know, areas. So let's say if I was taking a portrait of somebody in the street and you saw like a yellow Ferrari or yellow Lamborghini, you know, in that background, you know, your eyes automatically gonna be drawn to you know, just that car, and maybe not somebody who may be, you know, laying out in the street. You mean like, okay, well, this person's right here, but look at this car, right. you know, but when you're, you know, when you're dealing with black and white, it kind of just directs you to, you know, that particular, you know, subject matter that the photographer's trying to, you know, show you, you know, so you're not, you know, easily distracted, you know, you certain, certain things may, may pull your eye, but, you know, if you see that one direct thing that the photographer's trying to show you, then... Boom! That's right there, and, and I feel like whenever you're taking portraits with uh, black and white, uh, you more so see the person's like soul, and you kind of, mm. you know, make up a story about them. So like even when I'm showing, uh, you know, like my photographic images, uh, there's this particular one where, um, it was this guy just like like holding his his kid. Like some people, um, thought that it may have been his grandfather or like or his uncle or something like that, but they pretty much have on like the same hats. But, you know, the, the older figure is like holding the kid, but he's kind of like, you know, shrugging his face like with his hands and stuff like that, but they both have on like that same hat. Mm-hmm. But even so, just like people, you know, make up their own kind of, you know, stories when they see like a black and white image, you know, and I think that's like the power of photography. Like I can, you know, put whatever there, but people will just, you know, create things around that. Mm. And yeah, that's why black and white too yeah.
0: yeah, I love that And I love that Like I think that lends itself to your work In, in particular so well Because there's always For me when I'm looking at your work I, I see a lot of the time One clear moment, mm-hmm. you know and, and something that caught your eye And it, it's kind of like Just your f- filter on the world, you know mm-hmm. Um, And I think that black and white Lends itself so well to that Because to your point about Colors being a little bit um, Leading for the eye And, and a little bit um, there's more of a co- like a hierarchy in color where it's like oh i'm gonna look at this red thing because it's right. super red um i feel like a black and white photograph just gives you a really sharp glance at what inspired you to make the photo because right. in color and, and and in shooting photos myself it's just like i'll see something in color and that inspires me to take a photo but even when I put out some color work, it's true that I don't notice some of the things until afterward, Do you know, like color relations and stuff like that. Um, But it's just so interesting to hear you speak on that because I feel like that's exactly what comes through in your work.
2: Yeah, but even like when I'm shooting color, Mm -hmm. um, like I I definitely, you know, think about it first before, you know, capture them. It's like, what, you know, about this color photo do I want you to, you know, recognize? Like whether, you know, because... I have like a a color image where these two girls they had braids, but they were like, they both had like the same color sequence. It was like Mm. purple, green, red, blue, and like, Mm. and they were like right next to each other. So, and like in that case, that's where I'm like, okay, maybe I want to take this color image and just show those, you know, those two figures with the same colors. You know, of course. Even like regularly when I'm shooting, I'm thinking about how this look, you know, in black and white. Like, what what exactly am I trying to tell you or show you within this? spectrum mm. you know so and I mean that's how I kind of like maneuver like when I whenever I work and and thinking about that like is this appropriate in color or should this be in black and
1: white mm. and and to, do you when you go out do you shoot in black and white or do you shoot in color and then bring it back and then you know strip it of its color
2: well Primarily, I do shoot uh, shoot with film. Okay. So more than likely, in my camera, you're gonna see that it's, it's like Ilford. Yeah. You know some some kind of you know black and white film. Yeah. Uh, for color, like I said, I I'm, I may have a little bit in there. I like a Superior. Superior is cool. Great. Um, because yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I like Kodak is cool, but sometimes it's super heavy on like the reds and you know the yellows. So mm. I mm. kind of like to give it, like a cool kind of you know look and um that's why you know shoot up with a lot of fuji cool
0: yeah I, I think the fuji color stocks are some of the best out there like um uh pro 400h
2: yeah. is beautiful even i'm, the I'm, I'm like stones. looking for like like all like the older stocks like uh riala, like riala um it was this older uh photographer that i met and he said oh. he had like he bought up a bunch of the film stock like 10 years ago and he just had it sitting in his uh his fridge cool. and yeah. he was just showing like he was basically just showing me like how like the, the colors like are like totally different and it's I would say real is almost similar to like a like a portrait okay but it's more like on the cooler kind of spectrums but you still have like those those nice reds that are in there but I it's, like that. It's, yeah. it's awesome
0: yeah do, do you have a preferred black and white film stocks? like a
2: yeah Ilford HP5 uh, yeah. like uh, yeah but I feel like, well, my first love uh, when I started getting getting into mm-hmm. uh, film photography it was a uh, Fujifilm Acros. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, and, and I was kind of you know heartbroken that you know they discontinued it, but now mm. this year it's coming back out. Um, oh, but the but the funny thing is that Ilford is is actually manufacturing that film.
0: Mm, but, interesting. Yeah,
2: but it's like Fuji gave them the formula, right? They, they're trying to you know not completely step away from film, but a step away from like the production a film and uh, so they was like hey, Ilford, here's a formula, recreate it and package it and sell it for us, you know? Right.
0: I think it's a really interesting time to be shooting film um, primarily because there's so so much of this resurgence right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Some of it good, some of it bad. That whole Kodak price jump recently is is crazy to me. Um, But now there's so many other companies that are seemingly coming back in a way that are making great film stocks that are still kind of affordable in, in 2020 that
2: we're Right, in. and seeing that, you know, film is in its renaissance right now, that, like, you know, there's a super high demand for it. Like, even mm. people who are, you know, not super duper serious photographers but want to get into film, now they're starting to grab onto it. Mm, and they're yeah. starting to go to like thrift stores, mm. different spots to get their film cameras now. Yeah. So like, everything is starting to you know, shoot at a price. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I know you do a couple of workshops too. Do you find that that's a barrier for getting people involved in shooting film? Well, you said, it's, like I said, like just holding them back from like getting into. Yeah, film? yeah. Is it, is it is it is it a you know a wall for them that that you know?
2: No, not at all. I yeah. I feel like you know if you you know showcase it in in a cool way and you kind of just praise it and let them know that you know it's pretty easy. People are willing to jump right into with it, you know, Mm. and I I feel like the main thing is that you just have to make them feel comfortable with it. Um, because, like, one of the things that you know we all get asked as photographers, like, oh, what's the best camera you know that you would recommend for a beginner? And often I tell them that it's the camera that makes that inspires you to shoot the one that you feel comfortable with. Absolutely, because even if you're not, you know, a super technical photographer, you can get a point and shoot, and if that one point and shoot, you know, pretty much does everything for you, and it gets the job done and it inspires you to shoot. That's the perfect one for you until you're ready to say, hey, I want to
1: level up within, within my skill.
0: Hmm. That's a great way to approach that question, too, because it, it is something that every, all of us get asked t- time and time. Yeah, again. it's a and very
1: it's- overwhelming question at this point, too, it especially because <laughs> there's like so many different types of cameras available that which whichever one gets you kind of operating and then from there you'll figure out what's what's the best one if right, you right. if you make a mistake early you can still you know come back and
2: right it's like you know i can i can say hey i shoot with the leica m6 you know it's my favorite camera it gets me going i love it it makes me want to shoot but if i recommend that to another person you know it may just be sitting on the shelf for its right, right. entire life but like i said they're inspired by like a like a Pentax K-1000 or just like like I said, a regular Olympus point-of-shoot. If that gets them going, like that's the perfect way to get them into film photography and just photography
1: in general.
0: Yeah, yeah. At Pentax K-1000 is the first film photograph I ever took. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's awesome, man. Man. Yeah. Nice. nice.
1: Um, so, not too long after this recording, you're going to be going to Toronto for a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, knowing that a lot of your work is, is kind of steeped in where you're from and we'll get back to New York in a little bit, mm-hmm. but How do you approach taking photos in a different city?
2: Well, definitely I I think the the first thing is that you you definitely want to check out the surroundings, get the kind of like the vibe around. Like I'm always gonna have my camera out. So I'm more than likely gonna, you know, seem like a tourist in a sense, but you know, I'm just like that's like camouflage, like all right I'm gonna hit a, you know, take a picture of, you know, the subject or like the culture that's around. So um I mean, pretty much, like I said, I just just dive into it, you know. Like I said, I'm, I'm gonna have my camera. I'm gonna try to, you know, put the way I normally shoot in my city, you know, in anywhere I, you know, any place I go. Mm. But um, you know, we well, I'll definitely have those instances where I want to take a portrait of somebody. So I think, like I said, the best way that I approach it is, you know, I, I introduce myself, you know, shake their hands, yeah. um, because once you like open up yourself, you know, to you know your subject, they'll more more than likely open up to you. And you know they'll be comfortable with you know, taking the picture. So I I just feel like I just translate it, like whatever where and wherever I'm going, like I'll just translate my style from where, from where I shoot, and I just try to integrate it and to see how it flows. And if it flows well, then I'm just gonna keep on going. Like mm. I was in Puerto Rico, um, not too long ago, you know, just like on vacation, like and I was just like you know just out taking pictures. So I'm doing the same thing, but now you know seeing that. You know, it's it's just like small city spaces where you know people are not used to you know people having you know their yeah. camera taking pictures. You no, know, I just start to introduce myself to you know those people, and then they just lend you a story and they, or they lend you a lesson, and I feel like that's just the best part because now like you're actually documenting you know a certain culture, you know certain spaces, and you know how people live and and you know and move around in their business, you know, in their lives.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hardest thing for me is like getting to a point where you can be extremely comfortable, like introducing yourself, showing that you have like a clear, like clear, like positive intentions saying mm-hmm. like, I'm just here to document what's happening at this moment. Like I'm not, it's not here to exploit you. I'm not here to just take advantage of you or anything like that. And I know you talked about that a little bit at the, the function too, yeah. like getting to the point where people are comfortable. Cause like portraits are beautiful. And, and if you're able to kind of get into a community and, and get a bunch of people's portraits, it says a lot about the the area and the people itself, but dropping that barrier too uh, is always like hard for me. Just because it, it takes me like a million years to muster up the courage to be like, "Hey, I'm. Can I do this one thing? Is that all right?" Here, you know, here's-
2: or or you know, something else that you can do as well because the way how um, I kind of look at society and how people certain like operate, mm-hmm. um, you know, if like it'll be better if you you know if, if you're trying to approach somebody, maybe you know compliment them on. Maybe, like, a piece of clothing that they have on, or just something, you just things of that nature, just so that way that they can, you know, let their guard down. Because sometimes, you know, when they see a compliment, they take a compliment, they're like, oh, well, you know, thank you. And, you know, they'll may open up to you, you know, like I said, and share that story and then say, hey, it's okay if I, you know, take your portrait. I'm just trying to, you know, document the culture that's here and the people that are here. Because maybe I'm, you know, I'm not from here, but, you know, I wanna, take a little bit, you know, these bits and pieces of these pictures and just bring them back home so I can just, you know, remind myself of, you know, this wonderful place that I'm in. Mm. You know, Mm. just just things of that nature, just to, you know, break it down for me, you know, because of course, you know, we don't want to, you know, exploit anybody, you know, we want to tell the truth. Yeah. You know, like our truths and the people that we're documenting, you know, their truths. And I think that that'd be like a great way to start. I mean, you just, I feel like if you do it once, like without, like just, just diving into it, Yeah then you won't have you know, any issues with the next few people that you meet, you know? Because even, even when I'm in Newark, I remember uh, I was shooting like another interview and they were out on the street and I was just doing my thing. But some guy was like, hey, like, you know, why are you taking my picture? Oh, uh-huh. But then, you know, and he kind of got upset. But you know, once you approach them and you say, you know, like, you know, I apologize, you know, like we're, we're shooting something and I'm trying to document Newark because I don't like the way, you know, the media is portraying us. So I want to show us in a positive light. And it's not to exploit you. You know, and, and then people respect that because, one, it's like yeah, I took your picture, but I didn't run away from you. Right, I yeah. wanted, I wanted to approach you. You know, because I, I feel like people will have more you know respect for you, in that in that case. But right. you know, if they don't want their picture taken or if they want to delete it, then that's that. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to you know do anything. You know, because at the end of the day, you know they're human beings. You know, like like we don't want just see them as subjects, but they're you know, human beings right. you know, going about their lives. Yeah.
1: Do you do you find it easier to approach people, with film? Knowing that there's not like the possibility of them having to kind of hover over and make sure it's something, I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, don't...
2: well, it's it it's different. Uh. So like when when you show people that you're shooting with film, more than like them, like wow, like still, film is still alive. But then that sparks a conversation, and that's where you can you know go ahead and you know and start you know, opening up to them and 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 really just like you know connecting with your fellow human being. Yeah. You know, and I feel like when people see that they are like, Wow, like that's crazy. Like I remember when I started like we had to we had to go probably wait for a week and then pick it up. But even when I break it down um, to some of the people in Newark that hey, did you know film was actually first made, it was invented in Newark? Uh-huh. And they'd be like, Wow, like that's 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 crazy. I never knew that, you know, right. and it gives them a sense of pride. But like I said, it it really doesn't matter, you know, in what medium and way, shape, or form it's just, I guess it's just the way that you express it and you put it out there. Um, Cause even yesterday I took a picture of some kids like playing football outside and I was like, this is like, I feel like right now in this in this day and age it's kind of rare, like people will just, they'll just like put their, their phones down and say like, hey, let's p- play a pickup game of, like football. Mm. And I just want to document that and I say, hey, you know, can I get you guys pictures? And he was like, sure. And then immediately, oh, where can we get these from? And then yep, yep, seeing yep. I had digital, I was like, okay, I, I can send it to your Instagram, I'm like no problem. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that stuff's great, and I actually wanted to ask your opinion on this too. The whole um, documenting this current time, I feel mm-hmm. that a lot of photographers avoid scenes with cell phones in them. I don't see why not. I mean, I, <laughs> I just see that happening so much because I do, I do think that um, a lot of folks are looking for a timeless image. You know, uh, like so many of my I feel favorite images are somewhere where you really couldn't place the time I think that's such a fascinating thing mm. but at the same note we're documenting it's right. about today it's not about a time when there wasn't phones it's about phones it's about people's relationships with this technology right so I wanted to get your kind of take on that yeah
2: I mean like I said we're living in this in this day and age where you know cell phones have you know basically taken over society that everybody is on their phones because maybe within the next 30 40 50 years, the cell phone might change. We may not be holding it on it. We may just be like doing surgery or something, something crazy like that. Yeah. So I feel like in no way she perform it. If, if you've seen it every day or whatever, or you're used to it, still document it because of course. it's going to, it's going to you know that moment of time is going to be held, you know,
0: for the years to come. I agree wholeheartedly. Cause it's like a lot of this work that, that you see, you look back and, and they weren't, People in these photos weren't trying to act any sort of way. They were just going about their day, too. It just happened to be a different time than we're living in today. So naturally, the photos and the work is going to be different.
1: It's interesting you say that, too. I was watching a video essay about how in movies, like, a lot of, you know, major studios don't put cell phones in the plots of these movies at all. Like, a lot of things that you could theoretically do like oh i gotta go call this person they gotta go call like a landline or go find like a house phone or something like it does it doesn't make sense like in 2020 like everyone almost has a cell phone and it's like this idea of like you know finding like a a timeless image or like a place where you especially for film finding a place where you can kind of escape that reality for a second Mm -hmm. and then jump into something that's a little bit more far-fetched but it's interesting that you bring that up because i feel like i feel like I mean, I don't know. I I I feel like that's a very good point. Like this is a very particular time where like technology is so linked to how we are socially. Mm-hmm. So it's it, but almost like, do you feel like it'd be t- like too much to see people just on their phones? Is that like the, like is that the point? Like you do it once and then you don't have to do it again, or is there like a different relationship to cell phones that we have other than like the craned neck typing? Hmm.
0: That's, a, that's interesting. No, that's very <laughs> interesting. I mean, yeah. well,
1: I mean, like
2: I said, you can be, you can do a project just re- like revolving around just, just cell phone usage and, and how so frequently like people do it. And like, the, I know like there's been like couple instances like where people are just like looking down at their phones and they're getting hit by cars and stuff like that. You right. Know, they're being distracted just by this, this one little cell phone, you know, cellular device. You know, and like I said, it's, I mean, of course, it's, you know, integrated a part of our our daily lives, but, you know, it's, 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 Almost like destroying us a little bit, you know Like
1: yeah, It's 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 a very fast disruptor too Because it's, yeah. you know We're all kind of babies of the technology Like the digital age yeah. So like we've got the world wide web We've had digital cameras come in super fast We've mm-hmm. had cell phones come in super fast So we're experiencing all these changes super fast Without any real way to like Take a second and think about how they Affect us in all these minute ways mm. One thing I did want to ask too how has, I mean, I guess, I, don't know, I never know how I feel about this question. Like, digital photography on, like, a phone, like, what's the deal there? What's up with that? <laughs> I mean, well,
2: like I said, photography is photography, man. It, like, when I, I did, like, some research on, you know, different photographers and how they were basically saying, like, how, you know, we, we went from, you know, doing 10 types, but now film was made and so, oh, you know, photography is. We're pretty much dead now, it's, it's dying. Mm. And then we start getting into film, it's like, okay, well, this is photography. And then next thing you know, the digital camera comes out, and it's like, oh, well, now photography is dead now, you know. It's, and now we got the cell phones with you know these high megapixels and different lenses with integrated in them. And we're like, wow, photography is really dying, you know. But I, I just feel like it's just you know, further you know, advancements in photography because, like I said, a lot of people they don't have that. You know a technical skill but they have a vision they just don't know how to actually put it out there and now that we have these you know these devices that are easy for them to use they'll be able to you know tell with whatever kind of story that they have without any kind of hassle i mean like i said it just depends on what on on what makes you more comfortable as a photographer or how you're putting out your vision and you're just going to use that tool you know until like i said you find what you wanted what you wanted to do or you may go to the next thing
0: i agree completely and i think that the advancements in phone cameras and uh you know mobile photography Mm -hmm. um i think it's a great thing honestly it's a little different than how we're used to making a photo in terms of like putting a camera up to your eye and and composing that way um so i think there's a little bit of a a d- difference there, but that same difference, to your point, existed when people were using like TLR cameras and right. and these big waist level viewfinders. I think the and-
2: the the most important question now is what how how do we how do I want to say it how how do we pretty much like hold on to these images for you know for the long run like, how how do we you know, how, how do we archive these? Yeah. That's you know, a great, yeah, great say, you know great. M- You know, millions and millions of pictures are being taken right now, but, you know, your cell phone dies and you don't have iCloud or right. you don't have a memory card inside. Right. What happened to all those great images that you've taken, yeah. you know? Yeah, And now I- I'm in this realm now where I just want to do more prints than ever. Right. Because, like I said, some like the prints will more than likely out live like I said all the cameras and technology that we have like even like the film that we have yeah. if we properly just archive them uh, um, so okay. I, like I said that's, that's the biggest thing and I feel like that's what photography is just like the, the printing aspect the physical of it you know mm, okay. I feel like that's where the where the argument lays Like how How do we
1: archive this Like where does it live Yeah In the long run Yeah Like where what's the digital shoebox You know That you keep under your bed With all of those photos
2: Yeah like we can We can talk about the cloud And we can talk about hard drives But like I said The cloud Is somewhere on another network In another building It's not yours It's Yeah pretty right. much not yours It's yeah. still like within A physical location But let's say If that location Has like a fire Or goes on. Yeah Some kind of natural disaster happens Like what happens then Right all that stuff is lost you can't you know grab anything from from the cloud
0: yeah yeah of course yeah you have access to the cloud but yeah, you, you can't, can't reach in and touch yeah, the things that are in the really, cloud there's no, 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 no yeah. right there's no tangible thing you can hold on to which is a great point and Hopefully, we'll see a now a big resurgence in printmaking because Lord knows that that's an industry. Yeah, like I said,
2: I have a like said, a it. Canon Pro 100 at home, so mm, like I, I said, I'm, I'm going to utilize that. But even so, like in the the darkroom that I uh, I volunteer at in Newark, like I said, we we have all the enlargers, you know. Like I'm I'm ordering print washers and things of that nature so people can come in and you know really learn how to you know f- you know physically make prints, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those will, you know. Hold more value to them than just you know having it on their phone and on Instagram, actually.
1: Yeah, can you talk about just just volunteering for a second? Like, how did you how did you find this place? Uh, did you seek it out? And then like, what 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 services are you doing, or how are you working with people coming in?
2: So pretty much, um, I want to say like around 2017, 2016. like already. So it's a, a place called the Newark Print Shop. It's a nonprofit organization that helps people learn like the art of printmaking. And uh, I pretty much knew about them because, like, being a part of the art scene in Newark, you know, everybody just, like, knows each other. And, you know, I didn't know that they actually had a dark room because, like, I wasn't really, you know, thinking that far ahead. Like, I was still doing photography, just getting, you know, like, getting my feet wet within, you know, in the film, like, seriously. Yeah. And then uh, 2017, um, I met a guy, uh, Luke, and he pretty much, uh, you know, showed me everything, like, how to know, take the film, you know, out of the canister and onto the rails and how to mix the chemicals and, you know, how to come up with a, with a finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just there as just, you know, um, as a supporter. So, like, I would go in. And what's crazy is that we have, like, the cheapest rate, like, I feel like on the East Coast or in the country in general because wow. I know about, like, you know, like the, the Bushwick Dark Room or mm-hmm. the other dark rooms that are around. Like, a lot of them they pay, you You have to pay, like, at least 30 or $50, you know, an, an hour or mm-hmm. – maybe a 300 you know monthly membership um and sometimes when people are trying to do film and like that's a hobby you know that's' it's steep. Su- it's, it's super steep for them or even if you go to a like a lab you're paying probably twenty dollars just to get black and whites developed so Absolutely. at the print shop so they have something called print club so every Wednesday from 6 p.m to 10 p.m um, people could come in they can actually learn how to silk screen shirts or do like cyanotypes cool and um, we actually offered the dark room for $10 as well for that whole entire night. Oh, wow. And, like, so, all you have to do is just bring in your rolls of film. We supply you with pretty much anything. But going back to that story, so after you know me getting into the dark room and learning how to develop, and I'm coming like frequently, um, next thing you know, the guy Luke, he actually had to leave because to, he was moving uh, back to DC. Hmm. So, for a while, there was nobody there that was you know, maintaining the dark room. So you know, I stepped up and I volunteered. I was like, "Hey, you know, I would, you know, happily run this darkroom for you, and you know, teach other, you know, other people how to, you know, shoot with film and learn how to develop and learn how to make prints. You know, because like I said, it's it's not necessarily like a dying art, but in certain areas, you know, it like it it just didn't have a place, you know, to live. And you know, I wanted to live in Newark, especially since we have that history, you know, photographic history of manufacturing film and being the ones that invented it." And like I said, that's, you know, that's where I, where I want to get into, like, volunteering and help people learn how to break that through shooting film and developing. And, yeah, like I said, I'm still doing it to this day.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. I think that's a beautiful thing just because, you know, you're actively helping preserve this this other art form, you know. And I, yeah. I, um, my dad is in printmaking. That's what he does. He, like, services, the big printing presses. He works for mm-hmm. Heidelberg, if you know that printing press company. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, but I, I've just hearing him talk about his job and his work over like the past, you know, years and years, It's it seems like it's not, uh, I don't want to use dwindling because that's a poor word to use, but it, it, it's shrinking a little bit. Um, but in the past like two years there's been a like a massive resurgence and there's now like new print shops and new customers mm-hmm. that that my dad's been working with and all this new stuff so it seems like you know we're, we're on a path to do something you know right. as, as opposed to doing nothing and this becoming a lost art form so i think that's a really positive thing that yeah and,
2: um, and I, I just feel like for the years to come because you know for a while you know colleges they offered you know that that type of you know, el, you know elective. You yeah. know, within You know, in your studies. Right. I, t- I, t-
1: I took one. Yeah.
2: I took a right. uh, so, black like, and
1: white photography class. Yeah. Right.
2: So like even like now like a lot of you know colleges are starting to pull that from their programs because they they figure out you know there's a change in the industry, and you know it's it's not so you know hard to be a photographer or it's not hard to get it within that actual field.
0: Right. Yeah. Because I mean, and we talk about the phones, and then we talk about the the whole film and printmaking aspect, and a place where those can kind of meet a little bit where, Mm -hmm. where the phone, like a mobile photographer, that barrier of entry is really low, which is a great thing. You can just pick up a phone. Most people have a phone, you know, in this day and age and you can, you're out, you know, you can be going and taking whatever the images you want to make. Um, And if we can bring film and printmaking to a level of, you know, um, accessibility right to to a, a a similar level of accessibility i think that'd be a beautiful thing that way it's it's not so cost inhibitive for people to be like oh i i want to make the journey into film i want to learn more about this right because i feel that is something that's now too where you can just pick up a phone you can't just pick up a I guess you could just go to a, a thrift store and figure it out you know get yourself a film camera and figure it out but It's a corny thing But I do think Genuinely The best camera to have Is the one you have with you You know It gets you going Yeah Whatever Whatever Makes you Make stuff (laughs) Yeah
1: (laughs) Um, We're gonna take a quick break And we'll be back With more conversation With Christopher Davis On Generally Specific.
0: Yeah We're back, <laughs> <laughs> hammed it up. Yeah, we're about to get specific. Yeah, so
1: uh, we ask each guest to uh send us an inspiration, whether it's person, place, or thing, whatever it is. And you sent uh, uh, a perfect list, at least for us two. This list <laughs> was on point. So, uh, you said uh, beats and instrumentals um more specifically mad lib j and mf doom mm-hmm. classical jazz more specifically blue note and the city of newark are all inspirations for you yes um i wanted to jump first into the city of newark because clearly newark has a history with film um and you have you kind of mentioned earlier that the media doesn't necessarily portray newark in a human way yeah um talk about that a little bit
2: well definitely uh you know newark has had some you know histories you know within the past and as far as you know going through uh a rebellion a lot of people call it a riot um of course like you know in this day and age we're still going through these things where we're having you know these police brutality issues and you know i feel like from the you know the rebellion um you know it damaged a lot of homes uh you know it pretty much you know a lot of the the key businesses that were there, they actually, you know, they left, and you know, pretty much Newark was like a broken down kind of, you know, place. And I feel like to this day, it's still trying to recover, you know, from, you know, from that actual incident, you know. So, but even like in this day and age now, where we actually have, uh, you know, a water crisis going on, you know, a lot of people are not speaking about it, and like I said, a lot of people in the neighboring areas don't even know to know about it, like new York city doesn't even know about it I, yeah, I look, know about like, that, yeah like i said when when I came to you know uh, bkc like a lot of people looked at me like let have a water crisis going on right, yeah. but the, the the thing is that a lot of people are comparing it um to f- what Flint's problem was right the only difference between us and Flint is that Flint had a start date for mm. us we didn't know when it actually started All right you no know, when <clears throat> it's because from from what I know and like trying to do research on it is that um of course when you're you are you know, putting out, you know, public water, you know, it goes through different treatments and whatnot. So that way, you know, by the time it gets from, you know, the treatment plant to your home, it should be clean. Um, So somewhere along the lines that they've actually, you know, tried switching, you know, some of the actual uh, chemicals in there, but a lot of the, the homes had uh, basically lead, like lead piping. Mm. And when they switched that chemical, that chemical was basically pulling out the lead from, from the actual piping. Ooh. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, were getting affected by it because, like I said, it has neurological effects, but people get aggressive from it, you know, and I'll, there's a bunch of other things that, you know, I'm probably, like, I have, we definitely could list mm-hmm. that could mm-hmm. be happening. So, and we don't know, you know, where, you know, what, at what particular time this exactly happened, you know? I mean, there were people out, you know, rallying, you know, about this um, and people, like, donating waters to try, you know, make a difference, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but even so, like, you know, a lot of the media they portray a lot of like the crimes that, you know, that, that happens in New York. They don't, you know, talk about the positives or what people are actually trying to do, you know, within their city, you know, and for you know, a long time, you know, even I spoke about it, you know, at the actual event, you know. I, there's but so many photographers that I know, you know, historical photographers that actually documented Newark in that particular time period. Mm. So I felt as though that you know I wanted to you know step up and you know try to document this time now, and you know show the positive things that are here and show that you know people you know people in Newark we're human, right? Yeah. You know just like anybody else in any other surrounding area that right. we're human. Uh, I know that Newark has a rebellious spirit, so I try to, you know, show that, you know, in a, in a bit. And that, you know, that we're here.
1: Solid. Yeah, solid. yeah that's, solid. that's a great yeah. answer. <laughs> like, both of us speeches <laughs> on that one. I'm like, wow.
0: Our, our <laughs> yeah. Damn.
1: Damn, That's how I came across your work initially, was through, I, I think, someone had posted a couple of pictures you had taken, I think, when the... There was an, uh, some sort of awards function. Yeah. Yeah. The w- MTV. Yeah. LNAs. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when those touched down, you know, there were, I don't want to call them protests, but there was activity. Yeah, it, it, it was a Prot- rally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was a rally outside and you had taken some photos that day as well. And yeah, that's yeah. where I came across your work initially.
2: You know, and funny enough in that moment, I like. Like I almost felt like I was about to come to tears a bit because I felt like, you know what, I, I found like I truly found my purpose, you know, and I felt like a lot of I wanna say like they're probably not my ancestors, but like a lot of the photographers, like or at least, you know, for African American photographers who've came before me to document, you know, whatever's in their name, but I felt like I, I felt that that essence and that presence, you know. Mm. Like like a Gordon like Gordon Parks like came yeah. to me uh. at that very moment, said, Like, this is what you're supposed to do, you know, like I felt I felt like I was in like during like I feel like I was in the civil rights movement a bit because yeah. you're you're walking with these people you know they're rallying you know they're rallying they're screaming you know you're around you know police officers and you know they're on top of you know horses trying to you know control the crowd and just seeing like how people you know their bravery and how they wanted you know to bring this message you know to the people who were visiting in the city you know it, it was powerful. Mm. You know, like I said, I, at that very moment, like I definitely felt my purpose and why it's important for me to document my city and anywhere else that, you know, that needs to be heard. Yeah, yeah,
1: uh, and oh. so, so it's so interesting always being in like proximity to New York City, especially Jersey, yeah. I feel like you might get this scenario where you kind of feel the shadow of no, of Because no, like no, of a lot of popular photographers, one of your your I'll oh, we'll say heroes for lack of a better word, J- Jamel Shabazz yeah. was very prominent. You know, uptown in, in N- New York, but we don't hear about you know Jersey City or Newark. York. Yeah, in and
2: yeah, and even like Jamel, he he came to Newark because I was actually was an assistant for him um, during like a, uh, an actual project called a um, uh, project for peace. And he was taking pictures of uh, veterans to try and highlight and, you know, honor them. And we definitely had these conversations. And he said, like, you know, you're, you're definitely doing, like, a great thing here, you know, And that. He, he basically, just, he was, like, giving me, like, a lot of nods, a lot of gems, like, what, you know, what kind of approach should I. Well, not necessarily what kind of approach I, what I, of what I should do, but just kind of just giving me, like, an outline of what, he, what he's done and what he learned, you know, from his pastime, you know, photographing different people. And like I said, just being like being around him, like you you see like why he is who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, like he brings a different aura to people. Mm. Like even just like him introducing himself to people and talking to him, like even just having like a physical like book on him that he's made mm. and giving it to him to show him what he you know he he does. Mm. Um, so like that pretty much like gave me like a little bit more like you know, gas to keep yeah, going. You know, yeah. and just gave me more ideas of what I should be doing. You know, like, of course, you know, I like taking candidates, but mm-hmm. I want to kind of just like mix that in with, with the portraits and try to tell a story and you know bring you know bring people's uh, you know lives to the forefront.
0: Yeah, and I think that your heart is so much in the right place in all of this work and and I mean it gave me the chills to hear that, that you know you had that moment of like oh this is what I'm supposed to be doing this yeah. is why I'm supposed to be doing this and and that's such a, a thing at least I search for all the time in, in my own work and all this stuff it's it's nice to zoom out and be like what's the bigger picture here right. what is this what is this contributing to um, and I, I was just really touched by your answer I thought that was beautiful so
1: let's move on to some fun stuff oh no, <laughs> it's fun but uh, music what's your relationship to music it's uh, a weird question. Well,
2: my relationship to music. I mean, I've been listening to music since I was a kid. Um, my dad, he, he always like listened to like different jazz records. Like like listen to like George Benson. Like I know like mm-hmm. this like more so like mm-hmm. on a smooth jazz, thing, yeah. But like Shout out George listening Benson. to like shy day song. Like, I'm getting like this kind of jazzy feel. Um, so like I've always been like a lover of like jazz and whatnot, but um even back then, like I tried playing like the guitar. Uh, I was actually like in, in band in um at mm-hmm. my high school. Mm-hmm. I think I was like the fifth bass or something like that. Like I okay lost completely touch of that. But um, funny story, what really kind of got me into like that realm of music, like hearing the beats and instrumentals. Mm-hmm. You know, like how you 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 watch like Adult Swim and like yep. they'll have like that break and then like you just hear like those beats and like yo know, like, and I just remember like I when I was getting into video in college, like, and I was editing, I remember hearing like the fly Flying Lotus oh, on the side yo, situation. Yo. And I feel like I and I, I said it, I said it to somebody, but I feel like that song kind of birthed Dolo Photo. Oh. Like, and I was just like that because I used to keep listening to that song, and like, I I just saw visions like what what I could be doing you know, to this song. So, like, even like getting to Flying Lotus, you start getting to like Jay Dilla and Madlib and then MF Doom and. Like I said, and I, I just feel like whenever I listen to like those kinds of instrumentals, I I like I I honestly feel like Madlib like makes instrumentals to my life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, so I can go oh, out yeah. in the street and shoot and feel a certain kind of way of how can I you know document or shoot to this kind of music? But what what is this instrumental telling me? And like how can I? I don't know, like it, it, it just it just moves you a certain kind of way. Like I, I shoot a lot different when I'm listening to like Mad Lib or like let's say if I'm listening to like John Col- Coltrane or something yeah. like that. I'm I'm in a whole totally different, you know, headspace. Yeah. you know, when I'm documented to these different kinds of music and I just feel like that inspires me the most. Hmm. You know, yeah. it's 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 you know, it's it's not like you know, I, I don't, you know, idolize any kind of like other photographers or they don't inspire me. Like, yeah, like their works. But it's like when I listen to the music, I feel like that's what inspires me to go, right? You okay. know, and that that forces me to like kind of like okay, I listen to John Coltrane and like Miles Davis, and you know how can I just you know just photograph to this music? What it, it's almost like if when I'm shooting, like I'm kind of like maybe like rapping on a beat or something like that, but I'm just like putting my own kind of like spill to it, you know? Like how do I how do I portray this music? You know, within my photography.
0: I love that. I think that's that's really interesting. And I, I meant to ask you about that too. I was gonna ask you about are you wearing headphones at all when, when yeah, you shoot if,
2: photos? I just feel like if I don't have a music going, it's just like it's it's not like it's boring, but it's like man, like it it spices it up, you know. It it, it absolutely does. Like I mean, you know, I just zone out and I just look, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not listening to, you know, people honk on the street or people arguing and like that, but I'm just like totally within my zone
1: yeah
0: I, I love that too and I think that it's really it's almost it's so important as to what you're listening to too because that'll directly affect it, or in in my opinion at least like how I approach shooting photographs and anything like that I can't go out blaring like punk music yeah, like, me, like even like, besides <laughs>
2: photography like I try like you no, know, like I, I have a, a machine micro like, a, like okay. a drum machine yeah. so, like, I just pretty much <laughs> just like yeah. I play around, and I like I just make beats it's just for me, though. Yeah, you know, I don't call myself like a producer extraordinaire, but music, man, like it, it, like I feel like I just can't live without it. Like anything that I do, like I gotta have some kind of music to it because it just transforms the way I work, you know? I, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think that's beautiful, and I, and I like what you had said originally. I think I might misquote you the direct quote here, mm-hmm. but um, when when you said you were speaking before about how like that's the soundtrack to your life and right. just like kind of finding a place for yourself in somebody else's piece of work. Right. I think it's such a a cool thing and it's such a a subjective moment, you know. Right.
2: And it definitely I have I had concepts of listening to certain albums but photographing to them and just making a, like an overall like project around that. Hmm. Saying like you no know, I know that in, in my city that they actually we have a jazz uh radio station here called WBGO. Oh, okay. And they actually did have a, um, I think it was, I think it was John Coltrane or Miles Davis. No, Miles Davis. So what? Okay, yeah. And they pretty much had all these different kinds of artists. Whether if you were a painter, a photographer, or like in any, any kind of you know any kind of medium, like you basically listen to this one song, and you create around that without using musical instruments and without using like notes. Mm. And I was like, I was like, I can take on that challenge. Any day, yeah.
0: That's that's a cool. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, and oh. I just like no. I I, I want to in the future like make a project just solely around maybe just one song or maybe around yeah. just, like one album.
1: Yeah, it's like how like producers will go to a city, find like a bunch of material, and then like like these are my Brazil sessions, or even like jazz performers like these are this label sessions, and this is this you know from this yeah. time period to this time so, period. You that's, know, like
2: when I when I. It's crazy. Cause I was like I almost like analyze like Malib, like what he does and like how he integrates whatever inspiration that he has and put, puts it into his own work. Yeah. Like he may have like a certain album that's dedicated to like Brazil like mm-hmm. music or like maybe like Afro beats or something like that. You know, yeah. and I think that's
1: great. Yeah, he he's very very time and place with him. Like he's got. He, I think he did one. I think Beat Conductor three and four is like India. It's all just mm-hmm. sound, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I,
2: I, definitely, like the that that particular album, like
1: definitely get, gets me going. Like too, opens you know? up so much too. And you know, it's funny. It's funny that like, you you happen to pick like two very like big, well, three things, two three very big things in terms of photographer. too like Blue Note records, like having a photographer who's there every session to capture yeah. everything and that and
2: happens. Even like looking at those album covers too, with the photography, it was mm. like.
0: It's such, it's so like uncanny how good they are. Are you guys familiar with the Jazz Loft Project at all? No. Um, it was, it is an incredible story. Um, w. Eugene Smith is a uh, was a documentary photographer way, way back when. Oh, I
1: think there's a documentary out
0: about this. It's very because a, a lot of not a lot of it is 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 public information, but it's so fascinating to me that a lot of these jazz musicians way back would. Uh, They would all rent rooms at this one hotel. And W. Eugene Smith was very involved in this. He set up something like 40 microphones in these session rooms where they would be going all night long. And and I'm talking like Thelonious Monk, Charlie Mm. Parker, all these huge names would come through. Um, And a lot of those famous photographs are from this time because he would record. He has something like 40 or 60,000 hours of audio that he has recorded from all these different microphones and all this stuff as well as like 20,000 uh negatives that wow. are not put out uh, some of it is some of it is put out from what i know um but a lot of it is not available to the public or and stuff like that and it is some of the most beautiful images i've ever seen like the one with the thelonious monk smoking the cigarette with like the m- massive ash on it oh and he's like kicked back in the chair yeah. that that's uh that's a wg smith one but that project is so incredible and it's it's man, listen after you gotta give me like a link to that man. i will yeah, yeah I, I absolutely will we'll put it in the show description yeah <laughs> it'll be in the show notes yeah. get our new shirt yeah. <laughs> free the jazz Love project um, and then like a,
1: another the other two things is like mf doom and mad lib so mad villainy yeah. has like one of the most like iconic covers of all time I just, no, hey, I just feel God, I like that's that
2: the God. most iconic album of all time. Like I can, honestly, I feel like Mad, mad Villainy, like if I was putting like in the, the top five ratio it would be number one, like honestly, like I can go through that. I can always like reference back to that actual, like that, that track list, you know? And it's just like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, man. Cause like I can listen to the instrumentals. I can just listen to like the regular mm-hmm. ones. Like it's, and, it's just timeless, you know. And I feel like I just want to make photography that's like that, you know, like me, like 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 a uh, what do, what do you call this thing? Like
1: I just can't. I can't. <laughs> that's I can't all right, That's all
2: right. I'm just like man, but it, like it's like a part of like a, the culture. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's
0: such a definitive piece of work. You were just saying, a, telling me a really interesting story about the the production of Mad Villainy the other day.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I think um, If I'm not mistaken Mad, Mad Lib and MF Doom Never really worked on it in the same room Right
2: they were like In, they, different, in different places like in, yeah. in, in LA
1: Yeah yeah they were both in LA Just never decided to And I think they hung out a couple of times But they never worked they, together They
2: said they'd done it like within a week which Yeah Which crazy it was a,
1: Yeah and I think they were work, They were working to get them together For a long time And when they did they just banged it out Super fast Yeah And then the cover itself Like the cover um, The cover was shot by Eric Coleman, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it was supposed to... Re- he he did some kind of replication of, like, Madonna's... Yeah, so when he shot cover. it... Yeah, he, he, he was referencing this... Uh, it's a record, something about King Crimson. Oh,
0: King Crimson, yeah. Yeah,
1: that cover, that red cover, that, yeah. like, bugged-out face. They were trying to do something like that, where it's, like, super iconic. You know it when you see it kind of thing. And then, as he was, like, looking at the photos he's like this looks a lot like this Madonna cover and on that Madonna cover it says Madonna on the side with the orange O so he put the orange square Yep.
2: yup you know what and it's crazy like that I, I think and I, I feel like throughout the years like I've been listening to that like I, I've i made different things like I put some kind of color within that corner because I'm like yeah. I gotta like pay some kind of homage to that album because I'm like like I said I can listen
0: to it like all day it's no so skips good. It's incredible. There's not a bad yeah. thing I have to say about that record. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and 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 funny thing too, like in um in uh, an interview with Jeff Jank, the Stones Throw art director, mm-hmm. um he he released like the original photo and it was yeah. shot in color. And it doesn't have the same pull, which is which is wild too. I think it's like doom in like a red t-shirt.
2: The only thing I was thinking about when I was seeing those pictures is the film stock. <laughs> to, <laughs> He's like, what did they shoot this way? It was like portrait, like vivid color, and I'm just like, and then, and then now, when when I, find, when I find out, I'm like, <laughs> all right, let me start trying to like find all this stuff out, and yeah. you know, it, that stuff is hard to come by, you know, it, it, and that just made me appreciate film a, a lot yeah. more. It's like, you just cannot get this anymore.
0: Mm-mm. It's got. It's like digging for samples. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's you trying know?
2: to find like that one rare sample. It's like, bro.
0: Yeah. Not yeah. Find it. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. I, and I think that um, speaking on Madlib particularly, I think that maybe we can tie this all together in a nice little bow yeah, that'd be nice. about like how you guys were talking about the Beat Conductors with with his India work before and how you know similarly to what you were saying before in, in the first part of the episode how. Um, you strive to, no matter where you are, work the same way, right? right? You're you're just giving your process, and no matter where you are, it's just you performing and you working. Mm-hmm. And I think that Madlib does such a similar thing. And when they would go on all these insane record digging trips, where. They have those crazy stories about him and and the Stone's throw guys and Egon and J Rock all going out to Japan and just digging for like sixteen hours and stuff like that.
2: Now that I'm thinking about this, like even when I'm going to all these different places, I'm always trying to find like some kind of like film store, like some Mm -hmm. kind of like photography scene. Like in Puerto Rico, they have a film store. Oh really? Like they like in the cut too, like you know what was crazy is that I like randomly just like went like went to go to the beach and just like hang out, stop by like this uh this Mexican restaurant, but like outside the Mex- Mexican restaurant right across the street, film shop but it was closed you know right, but even like when I go to Toronto like I, I want to try to fr- figure out the, you know the film shops out there and the photography scene. like I, like so when I had I had a talk at B and with somebody who was actually there from Toronto and we just like. We just like DM'd each other just the other day. He was like, "Yeah, like when you come out here, like like let's link and like let's, you know, talk photography." You know, mm-hmm. that's wild. It's
0: a beautiful thing, and and I just think there's a nice parallel there between like, you know, you're going to this different city, you're going to this foreign place, and then at the end of the day, Madlib would have a his his studio hotel yeah. It was hotel studio, <laughs> yeah, where he would just he would just be chopping up everything that he pulled that day and. And it just really it, it um reminded me of, of how you were speaking about your workflow. Mm-hmm. Not to you know, comparing you to Mad Lib in a in a in a yo,
2: what'll be so fire is that
0: I'm to now
2: like you just you're getting like my ideas going like about having like the hotel studio. Yeah. Like I can imagine just like all right, going out shooting film, coming back to the hotel, and like having like the chemicals to develop and all everything. Right. Yeah, you can take it's it. It's doable
0: me. now. With the, with the Patterson tanks is very doable Yeah like sure, You bring Patterson tanks Your Your
2: <laughs> Your changing bag Like mm-hmm. everything But I mean you can't I know you can't transport Like those chemicals Right across, you can't you really know, Bring right, the chemicals true. with but, you But you know If you have a home A homie you know That's in right. a certain place Like he has the chemicals Like straight hotel room Bing bang bang boom mm-hmm. okay.
0: Got the connects now Yeah This is awesome Yeah it's,
2: Listen, I love this man. Just generating ideas, talking about jazz. I love this too. You
0: know, I think it's great. I think right. we should talk about maybe we should talk about the uh the blue the Blue Note Mad Lib record. Oh, it's yeah, two things that brought together, and then we can wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, I think Christ. we should talk about Shades of Blue. Shades yeah, of Shades Blue is of by blue.
1: far one of like one of my favorites. Like. I don't even know. I don't even know. Like it. Like shout out to my sister who just had it. Like my sister. My sister has a very weird taste, and weird by by weird I mean eclectic. So like, mm-hmm. she'd be listening to like Air one day, yeah, and then would pull up like uh, mad lip. and I'm like, where did you find this? And I think my dad might have even even bought it too, because my dad's weird like that too. Regardless of the fact, that's just ah. All right, I'm done. Your sister has
0: great music taste. I just want to say that your sister put me on a, like shout Stereo to Lab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's like a like I didn't I would never have imagined. I mean, we have like we all know the Tribe sample the Ronnie Foster yeah. Mystic Brew. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. I, yeah. I would have never ever thought to hear that any other way until you hear Mystic Bounce. Like, yeah, that's such an insane just reimagining of of the Ronnie Foster Yo, song. And I
2: feel like you no know, through through like hip hop and you start listening to these samples and you go back to your original artists, like it just makes you appreciate that. That sample Or that made
0: That original record Just so much Oh yeah. incredibly so yeah. yeah I mean I I truly think Because I, I Grew up My folks always Listened to like The Eagles You know So <laughs> nice. so nice. When I got into Like found my way Into hip hop That was my way Into funk And jazz And soul In a way that I had never been Introduced to it before So mm. it, it's, it is such that Because it is it Makes you think about All these songs That otherwise I probably Wouldn't have heard What else You know Why would I listen To like a where else would i've heard of crusaders song in 2015 you know right, yeah, other right. than like some j ru the damages sample
1: <laughs> it's weird like thinking of if you're try- like making the connection between like an album or An albums like a collection of songs like a contact sheet would be a collection of, of photographs for that a specific thing yeah. and like we've seen we've seen the blue note covers so we know like those specific images for those specific covers but like even wonder what the blue note contact sheets look like oh my oh like want to know. Ooh, that's I want like to know. i feel like that's a form of digging you can't do because someone's got it like that's mm-hmm. locked away but i'd love to
2: i mean I, i'm pretty sure blue note has it locked away somewhere yeah and i feel like they need to probably just drop like a whole photo book yes
1: so i know they they recently like released a bunch of um i can't remember his name i think it's eric something but the photographer for blue note like one of the founders was the photographer like if you go to the I guess his website, they have like a bunch of <laughs> his photos just out now. Yeah. So just take the time and dig but in. But even man. so,
2: like now that like we're kind of like integrating photography and music, I definitely want to say what person really want, like got me into like seriously getting into film. Um, i not sure if you guys heard of the photographer Eric Johnson.
0: I, I, I don't. The name sounds familiar, but I can't place the work to so, be honest. So let me, so pretty much
2: so the story goes, so it was me and a few friends and um, like the, and like their mutual friend, like from New York. Yeah. Um, we ended up going to, they were saying like, oh, hey, you're about to go to this like this little uh, studio to see like a photo shoot or whatever. So I'm like, me oh and my I'm like, all right. And then, um, so like we're like in midtown Manhattan, like right, we're like probably like a few blocks down from like B&H. Uh, go inside the studio and then it's kind of like messy and it's like. You no, know, whatever. But um I'm just sitting there and then um I see Eric, you know, everybody's like talking and whatnot. But I'm saying I'm just just sitting there. Um like he goes about like just, you know, taking the pictures of like, I forgot the girl's name, but they're having like their session and we mm-hmm. go outside. And meanwhile, like I'm not like I didn't have too much knowledge about like different camera brands, but he had a contacts uh G two on him. Mm-hmm. With the with the little small yeah, the flash little, on top. He's just out here just like shooting pictures or whatever. Like I'm I'm looking at the camera, I'm like how the camera is that? <laughs> but he's just like pointing at you and I'm just like, what is this? You know? But then, uh, you know, we go back and then like, he's like showing everybody like whatever images that are like on the, uh, on his laptop, whatever. But I'm like looking around. So like, I'm like right near like a, like a fireplace, but he got his, uh, his couch right there. But I'm looking up, I'm seeing like all these different like I'm seeing, like, a moon man from, like, MTV. And I'm, like, looking, I'm, like, yo, where are we at? (laughs) And then meanwhile, while he's showing them, like, the photos, like, I'm looking over, I'm seeing, like, Cameron and Joel Santana. Remember when they had, like, the the, uh, the American flag fit? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah, yeah." yeah. And I saw that, I was, like, yo, (laughs) is this the dude that did it? (laughs) And then he starts going back to the archive, and then, like, I see a picture of Lauren Hill and like wow. he was the first one to do the album cover. He was like oh. the photographer to do her album cover. Oh my wow. god!
1: Wild.
0: That's incredible. It wow. just, it's just it just happenstance. And, and,
2: and like I seen like all like a bunch of Maxwell's and stuff. Like he did he did Maxwell like all the Maxwell album covers that you can that's think him? of. That's him. That's wild. Or do you remember when Biggie and Faith was in that drop top Cadillac?
0: Oh yes, that was yes. him. I know that photo very well. Wow. And yeah. I'm just like yo. Yeah, yeah.
2: But then, like, I start, you know, like he- hearing about his rates and like what he charges and stuff like that. This man charges twenty five hundred an hour just to shoot with him, boom. and it's only on film. And you know what? What even put the battery in my back? Guess where he's from? Newark. Newark. He's from Newark. Hey, oh, oh, Wow. And I started thinking, I'm like, yo, if he can make this off a of shoot, I'm like, yo, what? what <laughs>
0: you know? But
2: I feel like, but that kind of just motivated me to get into film because I'm like, who hmm, like. He he does it just naturally. It's just, you know, him, you know. He went to a high school that's that I don't live too far from and it was like super inspiring. You know, I was like, you know what, I just wanna like jump into that, you mm-hmm. know? And but that just just to you know, br- you know bring this, you know, around because we're yeah. talking about photography and music, but actually just being in his studio and just like getting that sense of who he is and like what he does, right. you know, shooting film and I was like, you know what, I wanna I definitely wanna jump into this.
0: Yeah, Man, that's great to hear. I mm. love that story. That's yeah. such a good story. I, mm. But it's like just because
2: like during this time, like he, you know, he's considered a legend, you know. Yeah. So like, mm. But like not having like that knowledge of like who he is, but just experiencing that, I was like, "Yo, like that's crazy." Mm.
1: You that's, know? So wild. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's it, Cosmic. Yeah, I don't know how where we can <laughs> go from there. That's <laughs> yeah, such a good no, story. Yeah. I think we'll wrap on that. Um, Cos, you like to uh, plug some stuff you've been. Oh feeling are you yeah. feeling anything right now i
0: mean i mean i could say some things i'm going to say <laughs> i'm going to say some things <laughs> I'm gonna let the people know um you know i'm stalling right now <laughs> uh,
1: do you have anything that you've been hip to at the moment
0: <laughs> oh yes i'm sorry okay. i was getting ready just for instagram plugs i'm okay. so sorry <laughs> <laughs> <Just anything laughs> but you... we do ask all our guests if they have anything that they would like to put the people onto anything you're really into right now
2: i mean right now I don't know. I feel like I'm just exploring just, like, a lot of different things. Like, right now, like, I'm definitely, like, getting into design and, like, um, not, like, like furniture or nothing like that. But just, like, just, you know, graphic design and um, marketing and things of that nature. So, like, I've been helping people, like, rebrand, like, their uh, different businesses. Like, I'm helping, like, a construction company you know, build a website and like building up their logo. I'm also working with a, a local coffee shop at Newark. Like I'm helping them with their rebranding cool. and making it more modern and just, you know, I just felt like like it like a little, you know, other passion, you know, yeah. but.
1: So you're hip to you. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. I mean,
2: <laughs> like, I, I don't know what else is hip, man. Like I said, I just, it's just photography, man. Like, cool. that's pretty just much what it is. You know
1: in all forms of it.
2: Exactly.
0: Right. Um, I'll put on, because uh, your I think your work reminds me a lot of this other person's work. So, mm-hmm. it, it, um, I'll put I'll say check out Matt Day. Are you familiar with Matt Day? I'm
2: familiar with Matt Day, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think his work's super cool, and I think he does a great job of um, uh, making a really interesting body of work in the place that he's from, which is Chillicothe, Ohio, which is not necessarily the first place people think about when they think about interesting bodies of work but mm-hmm. he does a great job and he has a great youtube channel about film photography primarily mm-hmm. um Matt Day, check it out
1: um i'm just gonna plug this person because i have their book um brian cross brian cross just like has a, a couple of very iconic photos in my in my eyes at least like i'm gonna open this page real fast um, if I get it right. Is this the right page? Yeah. That's the the cover of the first Mad Lib album. The oh, wow. first Beat Conduct album. Wow. And he shot that. And he's got like a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need to look at that book <laughs> somehow, like. Yeah. So Brian Cross. Uh this the book, the photo book that I have is called Ghost Notes.
0: Um, it's out, so go get it. Um all right. Uh, well, if you'd like to check out some of our guest's work, you can find them on Instagram at Dolo Photo. That's D-O-L-O underscore F-O-T-O. Um, beyond that, is there any other place you'd want to direct the people to come see you? I mean, you can definitely, like said, so check it out on
2: my uh, my page. Uh, my website is coming up soon. Like hey. I said, just going under redesigning. Um, I'm also part of a collective called Land Collective. Uh, let me go to their
1: Instagram. I actually meant to talk
2: about and, that. But. Yeah, so their uh, Instagram is at land. So land and then collective c o l l e c t i v e. dot n w k short for New York. So land collective. dot n w k
0: Cool, cool, cool. Beautiful. Well, I mean, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and talk with us and geek out with us about all this stuff. Like I said, it's
2: all love, man. I appreciate you guys, you know reaching out to me to to do this you know i I got love for bushwick i got love for brooklyn a lot of people don't know i was actually born in brooklyn there it is so it's all love man thank you
0: yeah of course um last thing if you want to follow us on instagram andre you can follow him at at no doubt n-o-d-o-u-g-h-t on
1: instagram yep and then on twitter sorry to cut you off i'm uh never doubt n-e-v-e-r-a-d-o-u-g-h-t
0: you could find me on Instagram, just my name, Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, Cosme, C-O-S-M-E. Don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, hug somebody today. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs>